1: It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G-Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G-Cobb and Micah Warren.
2: What's happening, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to G-Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. And I am joined this evening by Haran Knight from com, as well as Michael Perry from OTRSportsOnline.com, the newly redesigned OTRSportsOnline.com. What's happening guys? How you doing? How are you I'm doing Micah? Uh, I can't complain man, I can't complain. Uh, it's kind of a slow week in Philadelphia sports. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about the... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you guys read the Philadelphia papers at all this week, but apparently Eagles had a little uh, quarterback issue this week. It's true. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. But uh man, uh to say this thing is going in a different direction uh than what we thought is kind of an understatement. I mean, obviously uh we're talking about the Kevin Cobb Michael Vick thing. Um we were told, you know, God, this really does go all the way back to uh to April with the Donovan McNabb trade. You're looking at uh we got to get rid of Donovan. He's old. He's not going to get it done. So Kevin Cobb's our guy. We've been grooming this guy for three years. He's our guy. Vic is just – I don't know if anyone ever thought of Vic as anything other than maybe a temporary wildcat that they thought, if they grabbed him off the street, rehabbed him for a year, you know, got him back to football playing shape, and then they'd have a guy they could, you know, flip for some picks. Uh, from a business standpoint, it's a great idea, and that's not exactly how things are turning out. All we heard about Cobbs, our guys, his Cobb's team as early as Monday. And see, this is why, and I want to get your thoughts on this, guys. You have to think, you know, it, every, every coach is going to double talk. Uh, so the idea that everyone's getting on Andy Reid is a liar, you can't trust him. Whoever listens to what a coach tells the media and take, oh, boy, I bet that's exactly what he's thinking. You have to be pretty stupid to think that. But for him to condescend to the local media when he said on Monday, am I, am I, spree- am I speaking proper English here? Kevin Cobb's our quarterback. Right, for the next day to pull an about face, I don't think Andy Reid would have said it in that manner unless he really believed it, which mm-hmm. kind of tells me this one might have come from above. We know we know Donovan's benching came from above in two thousand eight against the Ravens. Um, you guys think this was all Andy's decision, or are you thinking uh, Banner and Lurie had something to do with this?
3: I think that I think everybody in the front office has something to do with it and I don't know if it's they were pro Vic or if it was they were pro keeping Kevin Cobb healthy for the rest of the year. I've said before Donovan was even traded that it doesn't matter who who's starting that quarterback as long as their offensive line is in the condition is in they're not gonna be productive and they're not gonna do the things that you would like them to do, especially in a West Coast offense. Um, you need somebody back there that can improvise. Now, I didn't think that Vic would be the starting quarterback. He definitely does things that not only Kyle can't do, but it's very rare. The only time I've seen a quarterback do the stuff that Vic did this past week was Randall Cunningham in, like, 1990 when he, he dies of Bruce Smith safety to right. throw, like, a 94-yard touchdown pass. That's the only other time. I've seen something do that. When you had that type of offensive line, that's the type of quarterback you need back there, unfortunately. Yeah, what's funny
2: is, uh, I'll, I'll, I've said it before, I'll, I'll continue to say it. I've never. I'm not a fan of Michael Vick. I never was. I didn't want him back in the NFL. I didn't want him on this team. That said, just looking just purely from a football standpoint, is there anyone else on the planet more equipped to play behind that line? I mean, I don't think Brady and Peyton Manning will be terribly effective. Haran, you said it. And as soon as Jamal Jackson went down, it was like, oh, no. End of 2009 all over again. And it's not just the tackle. It's not even the tackle. It's the interior. It's getting blown up. Anytime, and Cobb's not even comfortable back there. He takes off and dances. I mean, he just, he's ready get the ball run. Just get out of there. It's like his hair's on fire. Uh, so from that point of view, Vic is, is the guy to do it, but that's not exactly how they told us. Uh, Perry, did you see Kevin uh, Cobb getting benched? And Michael Vick being the quarterback of this team? Did I see that in Week One and Week Two? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I, I don't know. To be honest, I kind of felt this was going to happen, not because it was scripted or anything.
3: But there's so many different angles you can take on what happened here. I mean, you can just yeah, you can say the offensive line is not equipped to have Kevin Cobb back there, and they don't want to get him
2: injured. You can say Kevin Cobb had a horrible camp. He doesn't look good. He's not the quarterback that they thought he was gonna be. And then you can say is Michael Vick is playing at this at this great level right now where
3: you know, they have to play him.
2: So I I, I don't know uh I don't know which angle it is, but you know, it's it's yours for the pickings. It could be a combination of all of it. Uh but Boy, and we're going to get into this in this show just because the mess. This is not just Michael Vick starting this week or for the rest of the season, whatever. This could be a huge mess. I mean, here is the guy that you told us was your guy. This is our guy. This is our, this is your future. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles fans, this is your future. This is the face of the franchise. This is it. Plug, hold. I mean, I, I don't even know where do you go from this, and how do you? Here's okay. Here's my problem with this. I don't know how. You, how do you continue, or how do you go into next season, assuming, and we're going to get into the whole thing about a work stoppage too, because that plays into this also. Do you go another year not knowing what you have in Kevin Cobb? Is
3: that that's that's a huge question. Um, Everything that with this whole Vic starting scenario is it, it makes good football sense for 2010, but once you get out of that, when you look at the business side of it. It doesn't make sense to me after you just give Kevin Cobb like 12 extra million dollars. Um, Vic is a free agent after this year, and yeah, you might want to give him an extension, but if I'm Michael Vic, I'm not signing an extension until after the season is out because if he keeps playing at the level he could, he's probably, he's probably going to command a price that Joe Banner's is going to refuse. So you just don't know what the future holds with this. It's a, it's a huge risk at the dawn. Well, put that thought around. we
2: got to say, the Eagles do spend, if it's an important position, obviously quarterback is important. If they decide he's their guy, I don't see why they wouldn't pay him. I would just worry about the contract length. Um, he is 30. He's a guy that relies on his legs. Say what you want. He's a better pocket passer than he was before. Fine. Say what you want. That's not what makes him who he is. His ability to move is – he's close to where he was before. But remember, those young legs before were just – something we've never seen before. right? Um, and that's that's him. That That is. And, and that's fine that he's a better pocket passer because eventually what it means is, I use the term, he's using his, good, his legs for good, not evil, which Donovan always did. He used his legs to buy time and look down the field. But, mm-hmm. you know, when he was younger, he would just take off. He's not doing right. that anymore. But what you guys mentioned is how Vic is playing, and I kind of want to hit on that because, look, he looked good against a, a Packer defense that did not prepare for him as a starter. Say what you want, they didn't. Right. And then he beat up on the Lions. He's doing a very good job. I can't get into this phenomenal stuff. Some of the the, the, the superlatives that are being used on him right now. He's doing a good job. He's doing well. But they're acting right. like, he, you know, even just the last to Andy Reid, he's playing out of his mind right now. Where do yeah. you How do you go up from that? I mean,
3: let's let's say him do it against. The three, four of the Redskins, the 49ers defense. They got to play the Colts. They got to play the Texans. They got to play Dallas twice, and who knows when they could turn it around. I mean, nobody, no Eagles fan wants to hear that, but I mean, that's the reality of it, and it's just, it's just not an easy schedule. And the first couple of weeks is probably like the easiest part. So. I personally wanted to see what Kyle could do against the Jaguars because that was probably his last real easy touch to really get his feet wet. But it's definitely saying that they want to get him big in for the rest of the season. He still have not seen whether he's really the truth at being a quarterback. Well, no, you make a good point. I think we lost Perry. I
2: don't know if he's going to try and call back, but it's just me and you tonight, Huron. Okay. You know – A buddy of mine, uh, Jason, who does this show with me from time to time, um, brought up a good point, but here's why it didn't fit. Is it possible Andy Reid was a little spooked about sending Kevin Cobb out against McNabb at home, national television, spotlight on that trade, and failing? Now, I don't think Andy Reid thinks that way. It's an interesting uh, concept, but I don't believe Andy Reid thinks that way. And if it was true, why wouldn't you play him against Jacksonville? It's the one team... He had some success against in the preseason. I right. mean, yeah, they should have picked him off two or three times, but they didn't. He made, right. some, he made some pretty nice throws in that game. And here, see, I did, this is, and this is why I kind of feel like there's more to this. This is not an Andy Reid decision because even on Monday when he said he was the guy, he's like, no, he's healthy. He's the guy. If he had shut his mouth for one day, you could have used the concussion symptom excuse. Were you a little yeah. shocked there that he didn't? Because, once he said he's healthy, he's fine. I'm kind of shocked they didn't use the whole well. He had a setback or something like that. You know, lie to us.
3: Hey, he had that, and then he had the fact that even before the game, he said that he was. Cobb um, has been cleared to practice and we will start next week.
0: Right. So everything
3: had everybody geared up towards Cobb starting. I mean, yeah, that was before the Lions game. So we um, didn't know what Vic was going to do at that time, but – uh, is it's, it's definitely hard to say, hard to decipher. A lot I mean, a lot of it does I think gear towards this Vic I mean, this um game against McNabb and the Redskins. And let's, let's, let's face it, Vic versus McNabb is gonna have a much huger re- media draw than Kyle versus McNabb, especially against McNabb against his old team. Plus on uh, plus on top of that it is against the guy that he petitioned to come here. So it's right. got a lot of media draws to it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be yeah. Two weeks from now, it's going
2: to be the media is going to love that one. They're going to yeah. love. There's going to be about four articles per day about it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's going to be overhyped, and, and it's probably the game's probably going to fizzle and not even be that good. But but the hype leading up to it should be phenomenal. But uh, we got we got more to go over. We got more Eagles to talk. We'll. Uh, We'll get back to you guys on the other side here. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice
1: America Sports.
5: Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class
4: athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your
5: host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed out every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views. is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on
4: the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on The Trail with Jim and Trav. Troy Gentry of Montgomery Gentry, Brian Schrott with OutdoorTrailsIncome.com, Pagosa Springs, Mark Crane, and Jeff Cook with the musical group Alabama will be our special guest. And we'll be hitting on the trail with a guy that fainted when he met Slim Whitman. We're talking about those guys from Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on The Trail.
2: All right, everybody. We're back here on G Cobb in the House. I'm Michael Warren, along with Haran Knight of G Cobb.com, and we talked about the Eagles' quarterback situation. Well, I have a feeling it'll continue to pop up, regardless what we discuss. <laughs> but, but you know, let's, there's a, if you can believe this, there's a bigger problem on this team. Um, if you can believe, because actually, for all the talk of the the controversy and everything. It's still overall a good thing for the team. I mean, with Vic, you have a chance to actually go to the playoffs, whereas I don't know, not with this offensive line, not with, uh, with Cobb. Uh, but my problem is the other side of the ball. So apparently I saw a stat that these world-beating Detroit Lions scored 30 points on Sunday for, what, the second time since 2007? Wow. That's horrific. That is Horrific. Even if that stat's a little bit off, I don't care if it's the fourth time. It's still terrible. This Eagles defense—you know—say they gave up a little bit. Okay, that's uh, not good. But I really think more important to the, the most important to this guy, uh, most important guy to this team could be Stuart Bradley. When he's Nothing. not in there, that defense is a sieve. Terrible. I mean, he's he's cleared to play. He should be back against Jacksonville. Uh, although I don't know about you, Garon. I do tend to worry. As, as soon as I hear concussion, I'm like, uh, don't give me this cleared to play stuff. It could be an instant and you're right back out. Yeah,
3: you That's saw what worries. happened with uh, Brian Westbrook last year. He,
2: yeah, he cleared the play. Signs.
3: And,
2: it's and then a, next thing you
3: know, he missed like five games again.
2: Yeah. Oh, and this is my favorite part, Garon. Oh, the second concussion had nothing to do with the first. Don't don't lie to me. Sure Come on, <laughs> guy never had a concussion in his career. He has two in two weeks. Oh, no, 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 they got nothing to do with. It. Oh, thanks for that. Thank you. Why don't you, just, why don't you just lie to me or say nothing? God, oh, so bad. So so that does concern me because when he's not in there, it's a completely different defense. And I'm sure you're watching the same Omar Gaither that I am uh middle linebacker. If you're under, to me, if you're undersized, you should be at least be able to run and cover. He's like the worst of all worlds. I don't know what up. it is with Gaither. <laughs> um, Remember, he said him. promise at one point, but
3: that was a long time ago. Right. I don't know if he didn't fully um, recover from that Liz Frank's um, injury he had last year, but even before that, he lost his job to King Jordan, and he couldn't beat out Moses Focal. But first, you got beat up by Stuart Bradley because he is supposed to be the middle linebacker at first. Sure, but sure. he just keeps losing his spot wherever he goes. He just keeps losing it. So all right, well here's a little I don't, point I don't know what it is. You see, you saw why on this past Sunday. Oh God, it was. It hurt me to watch.
2: Uh, the, there's a little broader question I wonder if this has to take some toll on a player's development. Andy Reid and this organization love versatility. They'll take a guy who kind of stinks at three positions over a guy that's decent at one. And I understand the point. When people go down, it's nice to have, uh, different parts that you can plug in. Does anybody ever really get good at one, though? Gator's been all over. I don't even know what he, I forget what he was drafted as. I think he was, I think he came in as an outside linebacker.
3: They made him in the middle linebacker. They do it with their linemen all the time. They do it constantly. Well, I mean, if you go back in the history, um, Bradley was brought in as an outside linebacker. I think um, Ga- Gaither was an outside linebacker. Goldkong was a defensive end. So they, they the Her- yep. exactly so, right. so they do it all the time. Harriman's was drafted at Harriman's. Sean Andrews, both of them um, were drafted as tackles. Exactly. So they do it all the time. I don't understand it, especially with the multiple the musical chairs at the offensive line. That's it, it, it's a problem. For another Castello as the top the top um, offensive line coach in the, in the league. You have a lot of problems with this line, and, and you look at the draft history. It really hasn't been that good outside of Sean Andrews. Right. If he didn't, if he didn't go cuckoo, he was the only bright spot as far as the draft history at, at offensive linemen.
2: Yeah, because what they tend to do – actually, one of the guys they drafted turned out all right, and they traded him. Bobby Williams back in, in 2000, uh, 2000 yeah, 2001. 2000, I believe. <laughs> it was 2000. Because he was their second second-round pick. So they got rid of him before he got good. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, that still goes down as a bust because you didn't use him. Um, right. Now he's
3: a staple in Cincinnati.
2: <laughs> Yeah, right. He's actually been <laughs> very solid for a long time. Let's look, Trey Thomas was drafted. He was in ninety-eight. He was a Ray Rhodes guy. Exactly. Well, what they like to do is they like to wait till the fourth, fifth round, and the last couple of years, especially. Let's trade down. And you, Ron, you know, I was big on trading down. Even I watched that draft going. What are you doing? You know, I said trade down. I said don't get stupid with it. <laughs>
5: Did everybody been yeah, trade traded down. down like
3: three times until they got um, Daniel Teal and their Shine? Oh, and I. And there's a lot of people they could have got, whether as a cornerback or, or offensive lineman, that I thought, thought they should, should have been had in the second or third rounds. But they and stockpile like, all the needed.
2: See, I'm all about stockpiling second and third rounders. I'm fine with that. Maybe even right. fourth. You start stockpiling fifth and sixth, now you have ten guys and eight aren't going to make the team. You don't have room for them. And that's exactly. what they do with these linemen. They just get guys. Mike McGlinn is just a guy. I'm not knocking him for it. He's an he's an NFL player. Fine, great. Is he really? Do you want him starting on a team that that might go somewhere? I mean, oh, you're a guard. Oh, you can also play center. Great. Oh, knee injury. <laughs>
3: Double his salary. <laughs> he was he was look back. He was drafted as a tackle. Now he's all in it. Yeah. <laughs> so he was he was a fourth rounder, I, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, when he, when he was drafted, he was compared. They, they said he had a nasty attitude comparable to John Runyon. I still haven't seen that.
2: Oh, I love – don't get me started on draft day comparisons. I love those. You
3: right. want to talk about
2: the <laughs> all a nonsense and crap. And that's what they do. So what they've been doing lately is they get a bunch of guys who are just guys. A.Q. Shipley? Oh, great. He's in the mix. Awesome. His arms are a foot long. <laughs> But you're right, and that, that's really started to catch up with them. Um, obviously, Jason Peters was a whiff. Uh, he's this is what I do. I'm actually pro this front office. I really am. But they still right. do stuff. Because overall, I think they've done a great job. But you trade a first round pick for Jason Peters. That's fine. He's a run blocker. He doesn't pass protect very well, and apparently, he can't hear the snap count. Not at all. Oh my God! Don't get me started. I went oh my God! I was. Tr- see this is what this would happen. I, I was trying to discuss the defense. I was trying, I'm and so here far. we are. I my God! Now I are talking about the crappy <laughs> offensive line. Oh, it burns me up. Just some of the things are just. Oh my Lord! And, and because and I mentioned this uh, on decob a week or so ago. If you look at, at the success the Colts have had with that offensive line, uh, I'll even use the Giants of in two thousand eight of a couple years ago. Say oh seven oh eight. You look. Yes. Name name a stud. I mean, I'm talking unmitigated stud on either one of those lines. Um, yes, they're Not well. Tyreek Glenn retired, so you can't right. use him. All right, maybe Tyreek Glenn. Okay, he was he's a very good player. I'm not gonna. He's not an Ogden or a or Walter Jones. He was a good no. player though. He was a good player, and he played a long time. I'll give you that. But you know, Jeff Saturday, nice player. They all played together. It was all healthy. I mean, Chris Snee has been the best guy on the Giants line, but that's not where their strength.
3: Lied. It was
2: continuity,
3: I mean, and exactly, these guy can like kind of like look at they they know what the other's gonna do just by one giving like a slight head knock, and that, that's what it takes to win in this league. Is it all starts up front? I, I said something similar where Drew Brees has the best offensive line in the league right now. Uh, you look at um, Matt Light, um, Logan Mankins, and everybody else that has been blocking for Tom Brady. Like um, that—that's been a staple of that line. They're very good, as we saw in the Super Bowl of running screens. They not only do you have a good line. When you have a good line like that, you're able to establish some type of bread and butter play that no matter what, nobody else can stop. Instead of having to try gimmicks all the time, and it's going to be a long time before we see this Eagles team get that.
2: It really is, man. It went south real quick, and it's funny because Andy Reid has had all the pieces in place to be a Super Bowl champion, but never at the same time. You know, when he had right. all those, he had Donovan was the beneficiary of excellent blocking early on, and a run yeah. game. Hey, look what we got here: Deuce. no wide receivers. It <laughs> all three-headed monster.
3: <laughs> the
2: three-headed, three-headed monster, and then oh, we got wide receivers. I mean, the closest, obviously, to putting it all together was 2004, and. I'm sorry, that, that was a team very capable of winning the Super Bowl. You lost by three points to a Patriots team. That was the best of the Patriots team. Everyone gets on Donovan for not winning this or that. They ran into – I mean, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl by going against Rex Grossman. You know, yeah. sometimes it breaks down like that. You know, the Eagles ran into the, the best of the Patriots teams, most likely. I mean, 2007 was pretty good, but they were probably a more complete team. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's just that it's they, been a problem. They played good with that team. <laughs> and they only lost by three points. This is a team that, like, held Peyton Manning to three, three points of the week before. But so but now with this team, everyone goes, oh, look at all the weapons Cobb has. And I'm thinking, this offensive line can't block anybody. You know, Andre Johnson has been the best wide receiver in football for a long time, long before he was given credit for it. He didn't have a quarterback that get him the ball. He was yeah. on his back before he got out of his breaks. So what good are Macklin and Deshaun if they can't block for him? And now they're right. talking about with well, Reggie Wells uh coming in for uh Nick Cole, doesn't that just
3: one more new piece to have to figure out? Right, and he's a I mean, at least you can say with Nick Cole that he knew the other um the lineman that he's with. Nick Cole outside of Todd Harriman might be the most experienced guy on his active roster right now. Reggie Wells doesn't know anybody. He just got here yeah, the day before before the, the roster cut, the same day that the roster cuts were was, was doing So really can't say what you're going to expect out of him. He might be good physically, but it, there's still no cohesiveness. And, I mean, that's just one of those things that I have no confidence in this, this year. The minute they traded Donovan McNabb, I, or even discussed trading him, uh, it was un, under my head that this was going to, no matter what they said about rebuilding and retooling, this was going to be a, a setback year. And I, I was actually okay with that. But things things happened. Now, now all of a sudden, they're ready to win now. So it all it all goes back. to Sometimes I wonder why did they trade Donovan if this is the road that they planned on traveling? Well, I don't think they planned it, but who knows? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think the plans kind of went out the window a while ago, and I'm wondering if that was part of it, that they saw Vic and said, hey, wait a minute, guys. We don't have to, to deal with Cobb's struggles this year. Why don't we just ride this guy and, uh, you know, see if we can make the playoffs and make some noise. I, I would say I didn't see it happening, Then I watched the rest of the division play, so I'm a believer. But, uh, <laughs> look, we'll get back to more Eagles and Phillies, and we've got NFL to discuss on the other side. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com.
4: And the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: On G-Cobb in the house dot AmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Knight of G-Cobb.com. And Ron, I had a question for you, too. I was just thinking about this uh, as the music was coming in. Because there's a guy that, I got to tell you, I didn't like him last year. Wasn't impressed. Not that he was bad. Wasn't impressed. Looks like a different player this year. And I want to know what you think. Um, I know it's Detroit Lions or whatever. Um, but Oh, wait, we got G on now? G's with us?
5: Hello? Gee, what's going yeah, on? I'm
2: here. What's that? how you doing? How you doing? We're doing well. We're actually just talking eagles. Surprise, surprise. Uh and I wanna get you a be... ticket
5: What's that? How's the married life? Oh,
2: it's good, it's good. We uh okay. tomorrow'll be what a is... tomorrow be a week.
5: What is she listening?
2: <laughs> no, she No
5: she's not listening. <laughs> well, well, Congratulations doing... though. Oh,
2: thank you. Well we just started doing radio years ago, she would listen.
5: That lasted a couple of
2: years, and now she's like, no, I did fine.
5: Well, <laughs> hey, hey, join the club. <laughs> it, was, it was
2: cool at first, and now she's like, yeah, whatever. I, I already know what you think about that stuff.
5: Right.
2: <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, we've already uh, gone over Vic and Cobb, and we'll get your take on that too, uh, and we've already ripped the offensive line. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with and I, I, will, I will tell you, I was, as of now, I was wrong. I know it's Detroit and all, but Sean McCoy looks different this year. And I said numerous times I wasn't a fan. I didn't like the way he held the ball. I didn't think he was nearly as quick as everyone made him out to be. He's starting to look like a different runner. And all, all the credit Vic gets in the red zone, how can you not give LaShawn McCoy credit? This guy's shifty. Yeah. And he looked, he looked really good last week. I thought he looked. Now, I'm kind of shocked that more people, maybe it's because of all the Vic and Cobb stuff, more people aren't saying, look, we run the ball. This guy looks right. like he can do it. He still
3: getting not get many I think a lot of people were trying to say that Vic May, um, LeShawn looked better, which he did. On the, the line, it, I don't know what happened. It seemed like people were kind of concerned about Vic, which kind of opened the lanes for McCoy a little more. I still had concerns about how he holds the ball. Me too. Uh, one of those touchdown runs still looked like he was holding the ball out, trying to stick it in the end zone. So, That's still a concern at times, but he's definitely a shifty guy. He does look faster than he did last year. And that 46-yard run definitely shows what he's really capable of doing when he can get out in the open field.
5: Yeah, I tell you, you know, the thing about it is, you know, um, nobody was closing on him, you know. He he hit the accelerator, and there really wasn't anybody closing on him. Now, he's not as fast as best because, that's oh, all. Like
3: you
5: know, <laughs> but but he really did look good and you know he um he hits the hole very quick and he, he's in there and his vision is very good and you see that he utilizes his blocking to get the most out of a run and, and you gotta give him credit. I mean if you get into to Pedro and it seems like he accelerates when he sees that end zone, uh, you know, that's 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 good stuff. I mean, you gotta love it. Of course you wanna see him. Exhibit that consistently, but that was a tremendous game. I, I got to give him credit, and I think everybody should. Right, I think he runs so well because he knows he's not going to touch the ball for another half
2: hour. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to make the most of it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I really, I'm, I'm, so starting to, I'm starting to be a believer. I, I, I think he should be getting the ball more. I, I mean, again, Haran, I agree with you 100. percent I can't stand the way he holds the ball,
5: but he well, doesn't give it is. up. I tell you, they don't need to give it to Mike Bell. What's the deal with him, man?
3: Uh, you
5: know, it looks I don't like know what happened. Bell, he's you know, done
3: like one play a game.
5: <laughs> yeah, he's so oh, it looks like Le- LeSean is going to get a you know a bigger, magic get a big bigger part of it. So we'll see. But
2: and that kind of goes back to what Haran about and I just spent about fifteen minutes railing on the offensive line, and it's funny. When did you think that we would sit and, and just bash the offensive line and never mention Winston Justice's name? He's not even on my radar of annoying me. But, gee, wouldn't you agree a a good way for a line to get some confidence is to run the ball, let them go out there and mash some people and start to feel a little bit better about themselves?
5: Well, you know, I think what we're seeing right now is we're getting, you know, maybe we'll appreciate Donovan McNabb more because, you know, Andy did this to him. Come on, think about it. The guy throwing the ball, the guy gets sacked 12 times, and you're not going to run the ball? I mean, mean, he won't let a guy get killed back there. And you know, I, I, you know, I <laughs> all I can say is, you know, uh, this line yes they're hurting, but you could do things to try uh, to uh, alleviate some of the sacks and some of the pressure by running the ball more, especially when you're running it effectively. So, but that's Andy. I mean, we we we've, we've been down this road before, but as I said, I, you know, um, one of the things I think it should give people appreciation. For the battering at times that McNabb took, mm-hmm. and there were never any complaints, you know, because he definitely could have been griping about it. I mean, and said different things, but but you notice nobody else was crying about it either. That's why some of this stuff with with Kevin Cobb, I think, is over the top. Because come on, you know, McNabb got killed at times. Nobody was oh you know no they, he holds the ball too much. See this okay all right okay all right okay we got we we got this and we got that we'll see. That they really got problems on that offensive line, and they had those in those two Dallas games. They had the same problems, but McNabb was supposed to figure it out. Everybody else get a pass over it. You know I mean, that line is hurting. It's bad news. I mean, Cobb doesn't even want to stand there. He's
2: not even giving the players a chance. I'm not saying I blame him. i run yeah, running well, too.
5: Well,
3: you know, could look at him. He looked when he was scrambling. He looked like he has had no trust in that offensive line whatsoever. Nope. Like he. Stepping up in the pocket was not a in the him. No, and he looks more shell-shocked. Because
2: uh, I saw him, as, you know, his rookie year, you'd see him in preseason as the years went on. I saw him stand and deliver. I saw him take shots and stand and deliver and, and deliver the ball. And now it's just <laughs> all hands on deck. I'm getting out of here. Just taking off. And you can't run an offense that way. And it, it, That's the bottom line. That's why Dick is in there. I mean, he might be. Think of any quarterback could would be more perfect to play behind this offensive line right now. Nobody. There, there, there is none. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that Brady or Manning would be successful behind this offensive line.
3: only other person I'd want behind that line would be Same Bolt because he's the only person who's probably faster than, than Vic. So other than that, I don't want anybody standing behind them that they can't move. <laughs> no, you're right. And it, it's, I
2: I just don't see how you can win like this, um, regardless of who's back there. But, uh, G, you know, we all read g Like, so I've gotten your thoughts on this. Um, Do you think Vic has really played at the level that everyone is giving him credit for? I mean, do do you hear what people are – have you looked like – okay, you've listened to WIP. I mean, these people – oh, my God, Vic is playing so phenomenal. He's been good. Not great. He's still making – he still makes his poor decisions. I mean, and that, that's a concern going forward, too. They're acting like this guy's perfect. Come on.
5: Yeah, uh, you know, regards to Vic, yeah, you know, like uh, last week he should have thrown, he could have thrown a couple of interceptions, <laughs> no doubt about it. But you've got to take into account that offensive line, and you can't weep about them and, and realize this guy put up 35 points, helped them, and and he and La La too, and them got involved in. It. But he got 35 points. They're behind that rag tag line, where there were times, like on the on the throw to Jeremy Mathis, they turned loose two of the rushers, two of the guys. They basically go get him. I mean, you know, you can't. <laughs> but not too many guys that would have made the play. Where they just stood in there, made the throw, and got the crap knocked out of them. Yeah.
3: Right. No,
2: I agree. Now, G, do you think I, – I wonder to what degree, because no one's mentioning the work stoppage. It's going to be bad for everybody involved, but for the Eagles specifically. I mean, what what if there is a work stoppage? you got Vic. He would miss another year of football, assuming it goes the whole year, of course. Cobb sits yet another year. I mean, and by the time they come back, Vic's like 32, 33 years old. I mean – that, that work stoppage could do serious pro, that could be serious problems for the
5: Eagles. Well, you know, they're, they're just, I mean, everybody else is gonna give up a year or two. And really, uh, with Vic, he's missed how many? Three years of football? He hasn't even been hit? I, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see the problem. If he continues to play like, like he has, uh, where he, he, he does his thing in the, in the pocket. I'm telling you, the guy, you know, I, you know, and I, I heard you are saying about him as a, as a player and stuff. There are not too many guys in the league uh, could have had the success he had behind that line. You look at how many times they turn guys loose. Because, yeah. see, the reason that guy was coming free from that backside is because Mike McGlinn was sliding the line the wrong way. See? And those kind of things is what Nick Cole was doing. See, that's why they wanted Jamal in there. And, see, different things like that, you you got the quarterback's got to count for the guy sliding the line the wrong way. I mean, different things like that. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot for a quarterback to deal with. And, make, you know, now he wasn't able to handle all that. I mean, of course, they're playing against a, a, a really an outstanding defense in Dallas. But, you know, uh, and you got to blame a lot of that. You got to blame some of that line stuff. That's, that's Andy. I mean, he screwed up. They should have went out and got a veteran center and come in here at some type of insurance. I've been saying, my wife, for months. You can't I mean, tell
2: me Kevin Lewis is going to be worse than what they have out there. There's no way. I mean, if, he's know, at least not going to make the mental mistakes.
5: You know, this is this is some, one thing with Andy. You know I have these blind spots. And this is the case. Another time, another blind spot where he's going into the season and really not prepared. Come on. You know, you know Jamal, come on. I was I don't know if you guys read what I wrote about the fact Come on, guys always get hurt when they, they didn't do anything all offseason. They've just been working on their knees. They right. haven't played any ball all that time. Then they go in and play a full game, and something rips. Something tears because yeah. they're not used to pushing the muscles at that level, especially right. if they got a little age on
3: them.
5: I thought it was a little odd
3: they came back that quick. Well, that, I mean, that was the thing. They just kept pushing that. He's so ahead of schedule. He's, he's going, He could be ready. Just never know. Like Jamal Jackson gets to save the rest of the season, and that that's part of the risk that they took. They didn't prepare for Jamal's comeback. They didn't prepare prepare to back back him up or anything the way they they needed to. And I, I, I've said before that I mean the line was already kind of iffy, but once Jamal Jamal Jackson goes down, it's going to get even worse. Yeah, and that's what you see.
2: Well, here's my problem with that, Haran, and we got to go to break in a second, but I'm fine with it when it's Troy Vincent coming back in the NFC Championship game. I'm fine with it when it's Terrell Owens coming back to the Super Bowl. Russian back for week one? Yeah. We've got 16 games to play. All right, we've yeah, got to take a break. Cool. We'll, come, we'll come back. We'll try and get to some Phillies. It just hasn't happened yet. This is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com.
5: A beauty. It's a fly
4: ball deep right field. Up goes O'Neal. He's at to the Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to live, I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. We cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Pacific. Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk with their combined experience of 60 years in the woods. Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down home humor, they're also well versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.
4: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. The fish
2: I'm Michael Warren, along with G-Cobb and Haran Knight and G-Cobb.com. And we tried to talk about all this stuff, but it's almost impossible. It all comes back to the Vic and Cobb thing. It's very weird. But if we can, we, we can't ignore the Phil- this is, for people. That, I almost want to explain to the younger people in Philadelphia, this is not the norm for the Phillies. This is not. This is going to be four years in a row they make the playoffs. A chance to go to three straight World Series. They're up 2 to nothing on the Mets right now. They went, what, 10 straight? They won 10 straight, and they just swept the Braves? They have a six-game lead in the NL East? I mean, right. two, three months ago, it was, look, I'll be the first to say, it. and I got, into, I got involved in this, too. I'm guilty also. It's not their year. So-and-so comes back. They're finally off the DL. Somebody else gets hurt. Well, now Lidge isn't right. Well, now Madsen's hurt. Utley, Howard, Rollins, name it. It just it couldn't get it together. They got it together, I think. And we've said this before and, and gee, I give you credit you did say at some point they're gonna take the lead in this division. And I as much as I thought they would, I couldn't get fully on board with that. They have a six game lead. Like this is borderline out of control. I mean, yeah. th- they couldn't catch the Braves all year and now you got Halliday's the worst of the three. Yeah. <laughs> and Oswald
5: are dealing. Yeah, Halliday. looks look so tired you know- to me, but but, you know, the thing in baseball that you know is, you know, you look at the numbers, and you know the numbers are going to even out. And you look at the uh, numbers-wise, you look at the, their hitters, and you look at their pitching, and there's no way that these other teams can match that. Just, you know, they just it just – I mean, when the numbers even out, when you look at people, what they've done, and what they've done during their career – the, the, the Braves are just not anywhere near. And plus, right now they're imploding. They yeah. lost Chipper Jones, different things like that. You know, you knew they were, they were done. You know, it was just a matter when they were just going to fold up. And, and, uh, Hudson, who's a, who's a guy who kind of, uh, kind of skinny, a little light, a little light, in the, you know, he ain't got no rocks in his pocket. So a guy like that is probably going to not be as strong as the season goes along. It gets late in the season. He's going to not be as strong, and, and he, hasn't, he hasn't pitched as well. And, and, and really, they haven't pitched as well. And, uh, and I think Chipper Jones, though, is a leader, and, and he was taken out. That really hurt him,
2: I think. It does. And I really believe when we talk about the great players in the last 20 years, everyone brings up Grippy Bonds, Frank Thomas, and, and A-Rod. Chipper Jones does not get mentioned nearly enough. You look at his career stats, stud, absolute stud. And I I don't really get into too much of hating, hating, uh, you know, different athletes and stuff anymore. I can't stand Chipper Jones. He's, he is just phenomenal. The guy is awesome. And you're right. I don't care old or not, it, it hurt bad uh, to lose him because their lineup was never great. No, it's
5: you not know, great. Just, That's why, you know, a guy like Chipper Jones, he's going to get those clutch hits for you. And, uh, in a lot of cases, you know, he's going to, uh, do a good job going up there, getting a tough at bat. And uh, you got him there in the lineup, and 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 the, really, he he knows how to be that guy in the lineup, and you can't say enough about that. When a guy is, is capable of carrying a team for a while, uh, and, and they miss him, they miss him severely. And I imagine from a leadership standpoint, with the fact that how, how many times has he been has he been a pennant race? I mean, come on, right? So no, you're exactly you know, right. They, they they definitely miss him. It got so bad in Atlanta. It was it? 03,
2: I think it was, when the Cubs played them. They weren't even selling out the stadium. All the Cubs fans came down. The Braves fans were so used to being in the playoffs. Oh, that irritated me. They were so used to being in the playoffs, it wasn't even an event anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whatever. We're not going.
3: I was like, oh, wow. No, you dare. What's that? So you can see that in the Atlanta fans this year in any of the Braves home games. It just looks like. It looked like the Pittsburgh Pirates game.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even there. worse. But when you look at this team, a lot of teams would love to have Blanton. He hasn't had a great year, but Blanton is a two or a three. He's a four behind three horses. And the bullpen has gotten a lot better. I've been complaining all year about that bullpen. If Madsen can continue to lock it down in the eighth, Lidge has been good.
5: Well, He's you know, this the thing is that there's been a standard here. And, of course, you know, uh, people don't want to admit it. Like with the baseball team, come on, they they, they put a standard up there for the last while that uh, it's on a level of what the Yankees are doing. You know, it's on, it's on that same level. And so that's why, you know, uh, people get uh, picky about certain things that, uh, you know, you're talking World Championship, you can get picky about it. But if you're just talking about, you know, one of the teams in the league, it's not going to be as big a deal. It's just... That the Phillies have set a very high standard for themselves. Oh, and we all complained about Cliff Lee all year.
2: Yeah. Cliff who? I'm sorry. I, I, right now, would you pick the Yankees to beat this team in seven games? No. No, no, I wouldn't know. I don't think I would either. And that's no, saying man. a lot because even, you could, you, they, Howaday and Oswald, I'm not going to say the same for Hamels because as G has always said, he's
4: sensitive.
2: they and Oswald will go on short rest. I don't know Do you, right. I don't know if they're going to go to a four-man rotation. They've used Blanton in the past. Um, I don't know if they're going to go four men. And it's funny because if you think of the four-man rotation they won it with, it was Hammels pitching very well, Moyer, Blanton, and Myers <laughs> compared to this four. I know. It's, right. it's amazing, and it's like I just want people to appreciate it because, gee, come on, you've been in this town how long?
5: They've been dreadful.
2: Dreadful. Yeah. I mean – for years, where it was like, all right, you just waited for them to be mathematically eliminated in mid May. Yeah. <laughs> and even now it's like.
3: Listen. Even '93, you had low
2: expectations
3: for them when they got to the World Series. Then. Uh, this is probably the most consistent you've ever seen of a of, of Phillies team in, in his history of the franchise. The thing that scares me about this year is not only do you have Holiday and Holswald, but you have both Lynch and Hamels playing in the 08 form, it's like as closer to the 08 form. Like They're the reasons why they won in 08 and probably yeah. the reasons to blame in 09, but they look more like 08 plus on top of that Holiday and Hamels in that lineup. It's kind of hard to say that they're going to lose the World Series to anybody.
2: It, it, I wouldn't want to play this team right now. And I will say this. Of all the people that are saying Hamels is back to 084, I disagree completely. This guy's better than he ever was. He is better than he ever was because he's got the cut, the cutter. And I'm telling you, we, look, we got to run. But I can't wait to see this team in the playoffs. I'm going to be more nervous than ever because the expectations are so high. There's no reason this team should lose. Uh, for G-Cobb, Ron Knight from G-Cobb.com, I'm Micah Warren. We will see you guys all next week. We'll probably be talking about Michael Vick again. Uh, So everybody have a good weekend, and
1: we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.